Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Well, before we begin here, I actually am doing a little housekeeping because it does... You know, we are out in public. We're at the Schnooks here. I believe this is a former shop and save. We're here in Florissant on Charbonnier Road. The Easter candy is right in front of us. A little peeps. You've got Cadbury. Produce when we start naming stuff that's around chocolate, us. Chocolate. Chuck. Chocolate. Lamp. Rabbits. Chuck says lamp. Bunnies. But if, I, if you looked around our table. There's a basketball in that basket up there. That's kind of cool. There's some fruit snacks, some jelly beans, and that, a basketball. That's a basket for Dom. It's got a basketball <laughs> in there. But I'm just noticing, and I'm going to pass this in. It looked like a fraternity house. We had cups and napkins. I was going to say maybe we should throw all three oh, of these away. You just kind of handed me your dirty I, plate. I, I, I did. Rude. Sort of rude, I suppose. I was, what I was saying is we'd stack all three. Jim has a Not, trash bag over there. Thank okay. you, My point is we needed to do some housekeeping because we were out in public, and we look like slobs. We are slobs. Well, I think it was becoming painfully obvious. I blame Frank and Corey since they're not here. However, could it look like because we're here at Schnucks and they have fantastic food, the food was so good, we just ate it so quickly and ate so much that it's a good sign for people to come here and eat the delicious. That's true. It looks like we were happy customers. Absolutely. I used to, I would hear this story in the past, and I don't Mm -hmm. know if it's true, but there was a great Italian restaurant in Milwaukee, and they said you'd go in there, and it was kind of old school, kind of dark, and they had these giant meatballs you know, the size of a softball. And they said they encourage people in there to belch out loud if they really enjoyed the meal. Well, and that's I, not appropriate. No, but I like and, it. And then a friend of mine who's Italian said, yeah, that's kind of an Italian thing. And I said, no, it's not. It's kind of a gross, rude manner thing. Has any, okay, 855-282-8255. Has anybody ever heard that before? Now that Frank's left, we can say things that are mildly disparaging to Italians. <laughs> Is that really a thing? In a certain culture where if you burp out loud, they go, oh, wow, that means, oh, table four is really enjoying their meal tonight. I like that concept. If you're there with your wife, what if it's a first date, though? I mean, do you do that first date? You're trying to make a, a strong impression? I overheard other people doing it. It I've was heard Roseanne's. This. You've heard it? Thank I you, I know Jimmy. it's somewhere. I don't know which culture, but I thought it was somewhere <laughs> in Europe that it is a... You just belch out loud. And it's and rude not s- to. It's rude not to. It's like, oh, my gosh, really. So we'll take it to a whole other level here at Schnucks. If you remember the fantastic 
80s movie, Revenge of the Nerds, that was one of the contests, right? When they had their decathlon was the burping contest, and I believe Booger yep. won with a, a decisive victory. Wow. Yeah, but what if you go there and you're really hungry, you want a nice big meal, and all of a sudden you walk in and everyone's burping? Isn't that right. going to spoil it's your disgusting. appetite a little I bit? Agree. Yes. No, I agree. I don't think this should be a thing. <laughs> I'm just telling you that I believe I'm it is. I'm leaving that restaurant. I believe it is a thing. I disagree because. No, I don't want to be around a bunch of big gas No, because clearly I've never heard about this at any other restaurant. So it sounds like a specific niche to this particular restaurant, mm. and I kind of like it. It's their gimmick, it sounds like. Should no. we start burping after getting a really good take? I don't have any good takes. So. Yeah, we've, we'd be burpless. <laughs> uh, it is the Midday Grind. Martin Kilquin, that's Charlie Marlowe. Brian Hoffman, who's offended that I handed him some trash. Jimmy well, Ewer. You did it. Well, well, but there are two plates next to you, and I thought if I gave you my one, then you'd have all three. Have you never cleared a table? We'd have all three at once. I have. Was it rude, Chuck? I wasn't really paying attention, but That's it did kind of sound like, hey, or bus boy, take this and well, no, he, uh, get I it was out of my face. I wanted to stack all three. It was, it was housekeeping. I was going to combine all three. You are a rude, terrible person. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Midday Grind here, live at the Schnooks. Gentleman just stopped by, and he said, any further intel on how you get those blues tickets? I mean, this Cam Jansen giveaway you know, let me text tomorrow, Cam he's in Tacoma, but if you go see. by, he's giving away tickets to the Bud Light party area Huge for games. Get. Oh, hi, Rock. An attendance but thing. But is this yeah, whoever shows you, up yeah, gets them? Or? Go to the you, social house. You'll be put into not a... Not the social house. Sorry, excuse me. The social bar and grill. My apologies. Uh, right there on Re, right there on Rebus Barracks Road off 55. And go. go in there. If you're attending uh, the remote, come up to our intern, Maddie, and he will put your name in a hat. And at the end of the show, we will pull a name, and they will get the tickets. So, and yeah. that starts with the hard line at... Two? Yes, right? it is. Okay. Perfect. We'll start. Yeah, we'll start taking names down from uh, two to four, and then we'll be back at it from uh, five to six. Okay. So make sure you stop by tomorrow between those two times. We have more interns and salespeople, I'm pretty sure. But you can win <laughs> tickets to the game six of the Blues Jet Series, which will be a clincher, Chuck. Blues win tonight, then you can close it out on home ice because Blues are great on home ice. They'll have a chance to do that Saturday. It's a six o'clock start. What a day for Fox Sports Midwest Cardinal baseball. During the daytime, and then you have the Blues game. Blues game of course, that, that night. night. But it's a big night also for Fox 2, and I wanted to ask you this. We should ask it, and we should talk about it on the air, because, Martin, big big day, obviously, Saturday. Cardinals and then Blues playoffs were both working. So I'm wondering, big-time anchor, sports director Martin Kilcoin, would you rather be in studio or be there with the people at the Enterprise Center well, hates for a the potential no, not true game at all. six clinch. No, the plan on Saturday is I'm going to be the man of the people. I'm going to be at the Cardinal game. I'm going to be at the Blues game, and Chuck's going to be in the oh, studio. Oh, I was actually hoping it was the opposite. I know that's what you were. <laughs> Chuck said, what, i got to write scripts and stuff? <laughs> Gosh darn it. No, you were there. So Zach took in game three. Charlie took in game four. We're a team. We are a team. And I'll be at game six, bringing home a W. How game about that? Game six, always special in St. Louis, all sports. I said yesterday, if I'm Mike Caruso, and he's got time on his hands, I would have <laughs> David Freeze, wherever he's playing today, cut a video that says, hey, St. Louis, it's a game six. Those tend to turn out pretty well. Just some kind of snippet. I love that. Just a snippet, and you play it on the big screen. That's a good call. Just a thought. Uh, Blues tonight, 7.30 start, game five. In Winnipeg, and the question is, will a home team win a playoff game? The Jets have lost, I think it's six in a row, 
home playoff games. We've talked about the, the Blues' struggles, 8-13 and 13 in their last 21 in terms of home games. It is a lot of minutiae this year when they say, oh, any lineup changes? And you got to ask something when you're talking to Chief. Hey, lineup. But I really don't care when they say, ooh, Sanford's in, McEachern's out, or McEachern's in and Fabry's out. I, am I wrong, Jimmy? That ain't changing this, this series. So what you that should is, be asking that's instead That's not is, making a much of a difference. So instead, instead of asking any line changes, how about any line changes that we'd care about? Say that to the coach. Yeah. <laughs> but am I wrong, or we just <laughs> least do we're, you know we're stuck they, on minutia here? There is a lot of – that's a, such a small thing, and you're right. You, you hope you bring a guy that brings in some energy, and, and he maybe makes a, a small impact. But the reality is it's – the Schwartzes, it's the Perrons, it's the O'Reillys, Shen. the Shens. Those are the guys that got to make the bigger impact. Correct. And you, you again, whether it's Fabry or McEachern, let's just say one of those guys are in tonight. If they make a hit that, you know, gets some energy going, you go, okay, that was a good move. But you're not expecting one of those guys to come in and score two goals and, and dominate the other Correct. team's best player. What was Ken Hitchcock's favorite phrase? During the playoffs, he said this a million times for five or the six buy-in. straight years. Besides buy-in, we've and, been, and we've we, been, we've been, we've been. Oh. But in the postseason, he always said, "Score your best goals. players have yeah. to be your best players." Whether they were playing the Blackhawks, is that it was where Strick be, gets it? He yes, he said that all the time. Yes. Look, if you're playing the Blackhawks, if Taves and Kane don't play well, they're probably not going to win. And I agree with Jim. You can talk about Robbie Fabry playing last game, and it's interesting. And in for Sanford, we'll see what happens tonight. But if O'Reilly, Shen, Tarasenko, the guys that make big money and have the big numbers from the regular season, if those guys don't lead you, you're probably not going to win the series. And O'Reilly had a huge moment, obviously, the game one winner. And then, or was it game two? I get mixed. Game two. Bozak game was two. the game one winner. Yeah. But O'Reilly had a big moment. Tarasenko's had a couple of goals. So they haven't been invisible. Shen, has been, Shen and Schwartz are the two guys who have been invisible in this series. So something's got to change tonight if you're going to you're not going to win a series against a highly talented team if you get nothing from Shen and nothing from Schwartz. I mean, you've already gotten yeah. a little from O'Reilly and a little from Tarasenko, you need more, but there's no way you're going to win if those guys do nothing. Don't you also feel like though, I mean, throughout this regular season, the Schwartz conversation that has been a topic of discussion for the whole year. It seems like if you went back a couple years, you would say you have to get production from Jaden Schwartz. He was one of those top six type guys we always talked about. And I feel like after this year's regular season, we don't really put him in that group anymore. And Well, you know what's interesting is we used to beat up on Steen, but now that he's a fourth-line player. He does exactly what he's going on a fourth-line. But I'm saying, but he's a fourth-line guy making like four and a half million. Hey, good for him. But because he's been demoted (laughs) on the lines, now it's like he hadn't done anything. Oh, well, he's a fourth-line guy. Energy. But yeah, he's still true. Isn't it crazy? That like is, if he was on the second line, we're like, Steen's giving you nothing. But he's a fourth-line guy, so it's okay. There's there's a lot of truth in that. Uh, I think, and I said this before, I think we're going to find out something has been wrong with Schwartz all year. When it's all said and done, they're not going to tell us right now, but you're going to find out shoulder, wrist, something upper body is not right with him because he can skate, but he just can't. Then, then get, I, if, I hate to say it, but if that's true, then he shouldn't be playing. I, I'm, or I'm or if you're you. injured and they don't tell anybody, I get it, but they're getting some big moments out of you. Like, hey, he, this guy, people have no idea he's playing hurt, but he's, you know, who is our guy, Javon Bass, was injured down the stretch, but yeah. he still had some big moments. So later, like, he was really injured. But if a guy's really injured, 
you don't tell anybody he plays and doesn't do anything, then take him out. That's, I don't get that. That's the hockey mentality. And whether and I'm with you on that, Martin. I, I agree. I'm like, if he's not right, then don't let him play. But those guys, hockey players, are so ingrained in their head that if you can walk out there, right. you're going to play. I, I'll go back to watch. But if I'm the coach, I say, good for you, you're not playing. Because well, you're not yeah, doing anything. Yeah, you got to give somebody else the shot to, to make, uh, make something happen. But I watched Dallas Drake in his last season here limp in every night from the bus into the locker room. And I would be like, next to him, we would talk, and I'd be like, how in the hell can this guy play? And he's out there the same night, running around, checking guys, running the walls, and that's just their mentality. You just want to say, why don't you take a couple weeks off right now, get healthy, and we'll get you back uh, 100%. But that was not the way they think. And we always have this discussion with baseball earlier in the year when talking about Ozuna, who's now red hot, Mm -hmm. and Dexter Fowler. We always kind of said, well, okay, if these guys are struggling, who's on the bench? Tyler O'Neill at the time was raking. We know about Jose Martinez. We talk about that with baseball all the time. I feel like with hockey, the question is going to be, who do you replace Schwartz with? Is there an impact player that can take that ice time and do something with it? That's why I think Fabry was worth the gamble the other night because you know that he has special talent. He's obviously not the same since multiple injuries. Maybe he'll one day get it all back. But I like the idea – because you know he's got a lot of skill somewhere in there, so it's worth a shot. But is there any like does a Sammy Blade do anything for you tonight? Blade. I mean, eh, maybe he Blech. he can hit people, he can skate a little bit, but he's not he's not a proven goal scorer yet. At this is that level. the bare minimum for a hockey player being able to skate a little bit? And he hit can skate a little bit. What I like right <laughs> now, has a stick. <laughs> he has like, gloves and a helmet. Well, he, has, he has skates. Okay. Oh, good. He lays them up. <laughs> The, the, the scary thing right now is if you do talk, to whether it's Cam Jansen or Andy Strickland, and, and then Winnipeg is a good team. We knew that all along. But they will point out, well, they're they're a little bigger than we are. Like, yeah, okay. They're, they're a little faster than we are. I'm like, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't be both. Hold on. They're bigger. <laughs> you can't be both. And they're faster. Well, that's not fair. What do we do then? It's not fair at all. We joke about this every year where when you have that playoff exit, you say, yeah, well, we were a heavy team, but we weren't fast enough. And then next year – you uh, asked the playoffs, well, we were fast, but we need to get heavier. So, again, you better be either heavier than the other team or faster. You can't let the other team be both over you unless they win the Stanley Cup easily and they're, they're just so that good. So, if the Blues do get knocked out by the Jets, the postseason pressure is going to be, we need to get bigger and faster. Because every both. year in Army's year. postseason presser, it would always be, we weren't heavy enough. We weren't fast enough. We, didn't, right. mur- you, we didn't murder this them. Year, this year we <laughs> We didn't. Sh- but this is going to be one of those years. I want If they lose this series, you bring that quote back, Hoffman. You don't have to clear this table, but you have to bring that quote back because you're up 2-0 with two road wins. You should grab the knife and shove it in their skull. Sorry to our Schnook shoppers. One of my favorite things <laughs> We're never being about back. covering the Blues, I don't mean to keep comparing it to other sports, but when the Rams were reminds here. reminds me of badminton. I know. When the Rams were here, if you remember, at the stadiums, you can't use the elevators at certain times because they're reserved for the coaches going down. Same with college football. When you cover a Blues game, you're the media up there in the press box. After the game, win or lose, who rides in the elevator with you? Doug Armstrong and all the members of the front office. And I always find that so interesting. You see him after. And awkward. And awkward. You see him after a win. He'll give you a smile, whatever it is. He's in a good mood. I was there on Tuesday, game four. They lose a 
just an excruciating close game in overtime. Army has that presence anyway. He's rocking the beard right now, and you're standing next to him in the elevator, and you can almost see the smoke coming off the top of his head of how mad he is. And we're sitting there in the elevator. I had that happen with Joe Quenville in Detroit after an overtime loss on a lousy penalty called in overtime, and they lost, and we go back to the hotel. Chris Kerber and I are both waiting for the elevator. It comes down, and Quenville and Kitchen are there at the same time. It curbs, and I just look to each other, go ahead, guys. We're like, go ahead. (laughs) So they get in. They turn around, and they go, come on in. And we're like, oh, we'll Uh, wait for the next one. uh, And Joel had that scowl, okay, after a loss. He just looked at me. He's like, get in. Come on, get in. And we're like, okay, let's just get in. Hugh was a guy who looked like he was stewing. Like, you could just see internally just like. So we get in the elevator. Curbs and I just turn, face the front, we're quiet, and then all of a sudden, Joel just lets something out about the official who made a call, and we're just <laughs> like, oh, boy, we got to get out of here real fast. <laughs> He's like, that's so, blah, 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 blah. and we're like, yeah, that's a rough one. Nowadays, you tweet that out, of course. This is what we should do. It'd be a fun, <laughs> sponsored segment, maybe Chinooks. From now on, after every game, especially playoff games, you should be allowed, just for that two-minute elevator ride, Doug Armstrong should do a scrum in the elevator where as you're taking the two minutes to ride from whatever it is, the fifth floor down to ice level, he just gives his comments on the game that just ended yeah. excruciatingly in overtime with a loss. Ten-second uh-huh. cooling off period. Yes. Best, <laughs> best, best elevator story of the week was Strickland yesterday. He said it was pregame, and they're riding up, and people that have not been on those, it's more like a freight elevator. They're large. Yeah. You're going up to the media level, and you see all sorts of people on there. Hop on. There's Chris Pronger. There's Al McKinnis. Well, Andy said the other day it's really crowded because it's about to start the game. And he said Wayne Gretzky is on there with his family. And you, they're piping in the, the sound of the arena, and the Canadian anthem starts. And Gretzky turned to one of his kids and said, take your hat off. And Andy said everybody on the elevator took their hat off because <laughs> they thought either he's talking to us or Holy crap, Wayne Gretzky just said it. We got to do we it. We got to do it. <laughs> he said everybody in unison like took their hat off as soon as Gretzky said it. It's we'll take your crazy. elevator stories. It's still crazy Ooh, to me. good segment. Elevator, elevator stories. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but just Wayne Gretzky is always just kind of randomly around. You'll see him at a random skate, a random practice. And him and just, Albert Bell. Yeah, but it's amazing that you kind of walk by and go, oh, there's, there's the greatest hockey player in the history of the sport. He's just up there with his cup of coffee talking with Panger or Chaser, and just about, you know, once every couple months. It's still surprising, though. I remember the— here for 20 games or so. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Legendary Blue. <laughs> yes. Before the— uh, Love Dar- the coaching staff here. Before the uh, Darren Pang roast last year, I said something to Chaser. I said, well, it's more fun to make fun of everybody. I said, can I make fun of Gretzky? Because he'll be there. And he said, you can, but I wouldn't. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I think I said something about his nickname, so it wasn't— poking fun at Wayne. By the way, we got a text from the 636. My grandparents are from Italy. My dad's name is uh, Caesar, which is an Italian name. Uh, we grew up Italian, and if you burped at the table, he would smack you on the head. Okay, so it wasn't allowed. Not an Italian thing. It says it's India and China. It's, it's okay. In India and China, so it's gross. okay. Where'd you, did you look it up? I looked it up. I didn't know that. Yes. Places yes. you're allowed to burp. Yes. Chuck's house when Jess Within is out unity. of town, India and China. <laughs> Three yeah, places. She's got the baby. She's burping. She's doing all her yeah. stuff. I just follow her lead. Honey, it's no fair. The baby burps. <laughs> the baby does whatever she wants. India, China, and Bahrain. Okay. The three. I, I'm going to research this a little further. I think it's still kind of an Italian. The TKO tonight is going to be about burping. I can't I'm going to call off the hit on you, Martin. But look, what's the restaurant where you throw the rolls at each other? Lambert's. Lambert's. You know what I'm saying? 
these restaurants have these niches. Is it Ed DeBevix in Chicago? Yep. They're rude oh, to you. They're purposely rude to you. And I think they take it a little too far. Okay, I've never been there. But wow. my point is, that's part of the experience. Did you have an experience there? You go with the rolls getting thrown. You go to get uh, insulted by Ed DeBevix. This spot, apparently, you go there to burp. You yelled at a waiter at Ed DeBevix. I haven't you? been there in years. But my theory was... Because they're kind of this sassy 50s downer. What you having, huh? Now we're out of eggs. Get, order something else. And I thought that they were taking it so far. It was a shtick, but they were really enjoying it. Oh, uh, you snapped back, didn't you? No, they you? got to be rude, and you were paying them to be rude to you. Stupid. How about, let's have you be a waiter at, at DeBevix for one day and just have you be rude. Really to rude? The... They're like, what's wrong with you? Hey, hey. Oh, I want to see that. You can do That's your just voice, sort of like your hey, my voice. I, I want the audio from that. It's just Martin's normal behavior, though. He wouldn't have to see? change. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. There's a chocolate bunny selfie over there. If you could see right right above the hop sign, I'm going to take a photo of it because it's weird. I don't it know what, it's what holding, does that mean? It's holding itself. It's taking a selfie. The bunny is. Oh, the bunny is taking it's next, a selfie. Next to the basketball. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Can I tell? That's Martin. where we're at in 2019. Can I tell a bad story? Oh, what? It, has to, do, it only, has to do with hockey, Only though. bad stories are allowed on this show. I always forget the years. One of the years that the Blues played the Blackhawks, and it was either – it had to be 13, 14, 15-ish because we had just started dating, Jess and I, and it was after was an Easter. Started. Okay, but it was one of those years. It was relatively early in our relationship. One of those years, I went to Easter Sunday, and then I had to go right and drive to Chicago for one of these playoff games. So Jess's mom gave me an Easter basket with all the candy and a chocolate bunny. I remember one night, I got home. It was a late night from the game. Probably one 8.45 starts, bar. maybe had a, a drink at the bar afterwards. <laughs> and I get back to my hotel, and I'm, I'm really hungry. And I look, I got this, this bag of Easter candy with a chocolate bunny. And then all I remember is the next day waking up, and I look at the bag, and I just eaten, like, the entire head off of the, the chocolate bunny. Oh probably God. at, like, midnight or 1 in the morning for a nice for a nice snack there. That's kind then of I a, covered the game the next day. I mean, the skate and the practice and all that. I think that's when I said, you're going to have to pep it up a little bit. He said, dude, I just ate an entire Easter basket. <laughs> Who eats the head off a bunny? It's kind of a terrible violent. person are you? Look at these, though. Great treats. Peeps. All right, that's our uh, hockey breakdown. <laughs> we keep going back to that one shelf. We'll, we'll get into some. <laughs> just reading what's M&Ms. on it. Let's do a little baseball conversation when we come back. This rollers. hour brought to you by Appliance Discounters. That's where uh, Gretzky goes and Albert Pell goes when they need new appliances. You can get them at the lowest prices, but big names like GE, Frigidaire, Samsung, LG, you know all about it. Appliance Discounters is a St. Louis success story. Started in 2009. It was Denise, her brother Tony, her husband John, a retired police officer, and he said, oh, good, I'm retired. He said, no, 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 we're opening an appliance store. It's gone well. They've expanded. There are six in the area. Fairview Heights, Illinois, downtown St. Louis. The original right by Chuck's old stomping grounds on Watson, mm-hmm. Webster Groves. You've driven by there before. I've been there. I purchased a beautiful refrigerator for the garage. Works well. The service there is great. Love those people. South County, Baldwin, St. Charles. On the web, you can find it at com. And also, uh, Mark Milton is your STL tax attorney. Martin, if you uh, let's just say for the sake of this discussion, you didn't pay taxes this year or last year, any other previous year, and the IRS is on you, you got to visit stltaxlawyer.com. That's where Mark Milton works. He's right at the intersection of Woodlawn and Manchester. Stone's throw from the great 590 The Fan Studios. Mark Milton provides a local and holistic approach to tax resolution. Do not be sucked into the out-of-town tax resolution groups you hear on TV and radio. Mark lives and works in Kirkwood. 
stltaxlawyer.com is the website. Remember, the choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements. Fellas, any better way to close the segment than a text, 855-282-8255, from Splashback, who says, you have to stick the knife into the chocolate Easter Bunny's head <laughs> and kill it when you're banged up. That's what Chuck did. Way when to go, you're Chuck. banged up. Dr. Rick. Weaving in. Dr. Rick. A little Dr. Rickism. And the loud. All right, quick break here. A little Cardinal talk. They're off today. It's all about hockey tonight, but a nine-game homestand begins tomorrow. Mets are in town. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.